It's Kitchen Table Spirituality. I'm Jonathan Malone. I'm here with Charlie Eastman. He's the pastor at Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough, Massachusetts. All right. And I'm Charlie Eastman, and I'm here with Jonathan Malone at the Baptistest Church. In, oh. <laughs> you better get it right. At the First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. I, I'm going to say, it, Charlie, it's good to see you. You, it's great to see you as well. <laughs> we had a little uh, micro break, uh, so we're recording at a slightly different time. Not that anybody needed to know that other than us. Yeah, but but, but sorry that this isn't out Wednesday night. Uh, but you'll get it. You get it when you get it, and it'll be fine. You'll be okay. And you remember, at Southboro, we actually consider this our Thursday devotional. So mm. you know. It, 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 it might work out for us. Yeah, we'll way, see. Way to put the pressure on me today, huh? <laughs> no, not at all. No. If it, it, if it gets out this week, we're It will get out. Yeah, we'll, we'll, then this will be out Thursday night. But uh, how are things going at Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough, Massachusetts? Hey, they are going well. We have had 100% of our outdoor worship services rained out. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's well, hard. It's hard. This outdoor worship is the it's we are working diligently yeah. on the getting back in the building plan and i know some people can probably hardly even believe it but it it's coming it takes it, a lot yeah every time this happens it puts more fuel in the engine good. of getting things done to be ready for that moment That's so we're so committed to that yeah the the challenge is the first time we we were basically rained out but we did the service anyway and good. so i had a soaked congregation and felt like a jerk and then the second time, we called it for rain, and um, the rain was underwhelming. Um, oh, but what a, are you going to do? Yeah. The, the, the focus is on safety and, and making sure that people aren't in danger, and so that's that. Right. So, yeah, you know. I, if I can give my two cents to that. It's for please for your do. people listening, please remember, it, there are a lot of moving parts when you're bringing people back into a building. So I mean, there's yeah, a there's true. a lot of like small things to figure out, and I know Charlie and the leadership team are they're working really hard at that. Indeed, they are, and uh, yeah, we've got one resource we have we haven't even tapped, and that's you and yours. So uh, I, I have to pester you for oh, yeah. some process stuff as well. But we'll do that offline. Yeah, we could do. Yeah, we don't that's have to get a, into that minutia now. People that's don't need to hear that. Thing, the other you know. thought is: remember, the rain is not out to get you. That's right. It's it's out to nourish you. It's and out heal to nourish. You. Yeah, your the way your garden looks right now. Uh, the, the irony is, in three weeks, Southboro I think had three days of rain. Oh, and yeah. two of them were on the Sundays that we tried <laughs> yeah. to. And, and you're you're congregationalist, so sprinkling is your modus operandi of baptism. It it is. It is. We were reminded of our baptism. You were reminded of your baptism. That's wonderful. <laughs> Oh, and uh, what's yeah. the other thing we were working on this week? We're starting our co- plan for confirmation class, which is really exciting for oh, me. Oh, good. Personally, yeah. even if it's going to be mostly on Zoom, that's all right. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, what else? Oh, the Spire is coming back. Our monthly newsletter uh, is is making a return, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to be... Uh, you know, writing for a blog is one thing. We right. do it day by day, week by week, and it's it's kind of its own thing, but, but the... That connection that people get from a monthly newsletter that says, yeah. "We're all in this together. We're all on the same page." I'm I'm looking forward to that. I know it's anachronistic, but there it is. So it's called the Spire. The Spire. So I want to recommend folks do not read that outside, because you want to be inspired. <laughs> you you want to be inspired. Wow. I'll bet no one's ever said that before. <laughs> no, that's original. That's it that is. was that was gold right there. And you're welcome. Talk about. 
Talk about things in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, if you would. East Greenwich is going well. I was telling Charlie, I just uh, took a couple of church members to the Adirondacks for, for a oh. couple of days for our beginner backpacking trip, and it was fantastic. And there's there's pictures on Facebook, so people, oh, I cool. encourage you to look at that. Was that somebody's bucket list item, or was it just an incidental? I don't, I think it was just, an, it's, I mean, I've been leading trips, and I wanted to, and some people said, I'd really like to go, but I can't do the things you do. And so I said, well, let's find a way to get you out there. Oh, cool. So it was nice. Nice. Uh, But this Sunday, we are having another outdoor service uh, at Camp Canonicus in Exeter, Rhode Island. Yay, Yeah, Canonicus is great. Um, Folks can bring chairs if they want, but they don't have to. They have tables there. We're going to try something where if people want to bring food to share, we miss our coffee time. Mm. So if you would like to bring some food, bring individually wrapped items. One or two cookies or whatever it is you make, but bring them individually wrapped so people can just grab what they need for them. We'll have bottles of water, um, and we'll be able to have a little bit of fellowship time, continue to be distant from each other while you eat, you know, keep the six feet of distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's this this Sunday. And also uh, items to donate for our, for the food pantry. The one in Providence uh, continues to need food, so bring donation items for the food pantry. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. I'm going to point people to the church Facebook page. The food pantry in the church has a current list of of needs and wants, so please uh, be attentive to that. Probably not wants, just needs. Just needs. Yeah. Just needs. (laughs) That's good. Need doesn't take a break for the pandemic. No, no. So, yeah, so things going well in both of our churches. That's that's good to hear. They are. It's a life-affirming moment. Nice. Because it's important to affirm life. In the midst of all that we've been struggling with. In the midst of all this death. You know, so I'm sure you've done a number of funerals um, during this COVID season. I have done, though I have to admit, not as many as I thought I would have. Okay. We've, I've had to do some and and some... I'm in Massachusetts where the medical technology has actually evolved. Wow. Beyond leaching and... uh, Leaching is a journal. <laughs> there are peer-reviewed articles <laughs> that will say how valuable leaching is. I'll All have right. you know, sir. We know most people in Rhode Island yeah. hospitals are not still leaching. No, but I've read some articles from the 1840s that say, hold on to those leeches. I'll bet you have. If anyone would have read articles about leaching, it would be you. From the 1840s. Yeah. Folks, if you don't know about the practice of leeching, it is a fulsome enterprise with lots of interesting aspects to it that, uh, that is actually rooted in, in a certain degree of science, but uh, most of us would not apply leeches to our body to remove no. humors. And in fact, don't. People, yeah, please. Don't. This is not a medical advice yeah, show, right? Uh, we so we've had a number of funerals at the not at. I've done a number of funerals. I should say it that way. Yeah, um, and church, right? yeah, and some and you know that some every death is is significant and meaningful in its own way. But when you think of the life of the congregation, yeah, um, the, there are some that impact that life because individuals have had such a presence in that congregation for some time. The phrase I've heard a lot is pillars of the church. Yeah, People that were way. so connected that it felt like their support was essential yeah. to the church's existence. And we've had a number of, of those losses mm, in this time. Sorry. I, I experienced that at my previous call where within the mm. first couple of years I got there, oh, some, yeah. someone commented, it was like everyone was waiting. Mm. It just, it, there was a wave of funerals that were really significant and hard. Yeah. That can happen. Well, when you get a good pastor in a church, people do feel a little more free to let go. I, and I don't, I'm not, yeah, I know. It's like, that's kind of being flipped. But I also think 
there is a piece that some people have, and, and maybe you've had this as well, um, when, when you're seeing them and, you know, they know that the end is near um, and they say, I'm glad you're the one who will mm-hmm. be doing my service. Yeah, if you're not part of the church experience, I mean, number one, why would you be listening to this? But well, number two, maybe they stumbled upon this, and that's great. You, that's Please nice to say. come that to one of our happen. churches. That does happen, but I want to yeah. just quickly honor something that, that this kind of references. And for anyone listening to this who mm. has recently lost a loved one, um, if we know you, we've, we've likely already expressed our condolences, but the tone of our podcast tends to be kind of light and fun, and so please yeah. don't think for a second we're making a light of anything that you're going through. Um, I mm. think one of the things in dealing with death sometimes, people laugh during funerals mm-hmm. and then feel horrible for it, and I'm often admonishing people, in this space, wherever we are as we're celebrating the funeral, we're, you are free to pour out your grief and mm-hmm. your joy and all of it, and the memories of these people are going to inspire laughter sometimes, sometimes they're going to inspire tears, but it's it's all a part of your life expression. So, well, you anyway, know, I think disclaimer. that's Well, no, and that's really good, because I think that's one of the challenges, you know, we could talk about death and dying any time, but in this time specifically... Uh, part of the challenge is, uh, aside from immediate family, you ha- we haven't been able to have that opportunity for the community to get together That's and right. to laugh and to grieve and to share memories and to honor. And and it, not just for them, for the immediate family, that is can be so significant to hear others say, here's how your loved one was present in my life. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, some of the most life-changing conversations I've heard people have have been in that moment. It's powerful. Having a witness of, especially when the relationship wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. and let me know which relationship was, yeah. um, it can be so edifying to hear how your loved one, who maybe didn't love you perfectly, right, uh, really touched lives around them. Doesn't yeah. make up for the pain, but, you know... Well, that's, you know, that's a part of the challenge. Charlie, you're just teeing up all these great points. I appreciate that. I'm glad you so. Part of the challenge of, of losing someone is that all the unresolved aspects of the relationship are now are in a place where they will no longer, they will never be resolved. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and I know that there are some, you know, relationships that end while people are still living. And, and things can end well or they can end badly. And if they end badly, then you still carry these unresolved issues. But, you know, when they, when they die, um, that's part of, part of the grief often is to say, I was never able to have the, the parent that I wanted to have or to the brother that's right. I wanted and you, to and have. And you will forever carry, I shouldn't say that prescriptively, you may carry yeah. a sense that now there's no recourse, whereas if mm-hmm. they were still alive, yeah. you might have that little thing in yourself, foolhardy as it might be, right? <laughs> where you right. say, "There's a chance. Yeah, we maybe. could reconcile. They, he could finally start treating me like he treated his other family, or what, whatever." Yeah, you know. And usually, the best thing to do is to call your pastor and say, "Could you talk to them for me and make things everything better?" Because we yeah, love no, those no. phone calls. Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. There is actually nothing we can do. Yeah, right. I will in that say, situation. yeah, you know, get a therapist. Um, yeah, please. But there are when when there are those times. You know, what, what do you suggest, Charlie? If someone says, you know, I lost my, 
you know, love, you know, well, a, a relations that I've had, a, a parent or a spouse or something, and there was always this tension, and now I yeah. don't know what to do. There, there's an old exercise that someone gave, I mean, honestly, time. Yeah. Time is what you need to do, because only with time are you going to come to, to a different place in yourself. Um, let's just briefly, brief digression. Yeah. Time in the grieving process... Uh, one of the things that, that the stages of grief and all that doesn't address is the exact time that things usually take. Right. And that's that's with good reason, because mm. the timing is its own thing. And and I will tell you, time and again, I have spoken to people who have experienced a significant death, and it's happened to me as well, mm. where they will describe to you how it hurt, and it hurt, and it hurt, and it hurt for this much time, these many weeks, or these many months, or these many years, and then suddenly, if they live this long, yeah. I, I woke up one day and it didn't hurt the same way mm. anymore. Not it didn't hurt, right, but right. it didn't hurt the same way. It's kind of the way we get used to a certain thing and it just kind of becomes a part of us. I got used to it and, and it stopped having that power over me. Yeah. There's Now back to the question, there's one exercise that someone once gave me, and I, I don't know if it's been used in other places, but... They talked about writing a letter to mm-hmm. the individual, and I offer this just as a possibility, not as, again, a prescription, but you write a letter to the individual and you th- fully express your side of what it all felt like. Mm-hmm. You just you don't hold back at all. You go to the mat with everything you've got about what was ruinous or hurtful or challenging or mystifying or whatever, and you write it out, and and you seal it as if to mail it, and you put it somewhere, or you burn it yeah. in a in a sacred fire, or you whatever you know. You but getting it out of you and onto a paper, and and I've been told hand write it if yeah. you can, yeah, and take that. as long as it takes to write that letter. Um, some people have experienced a lightning after doing that. Yeah. You, you don't even have to share that letter with anybody, although I'm not going to tell you not to. Um, right. That's, well, that's one possibility. I mean, to, to stay engaged with the person. Mm. And it's, you know, I think part of a healthy loss or healthy grief, they talk about a healthy grief and an unhealthy grief. And it, th- that those kind of markers can be dangerous because then we could start to judge and feel like, oh, I have an unhealthy grief. How do I make it healthy time? Mm-hmm. Like Charlie so yeah. wisely said. Um, but part of a healthy grief is one that is continued to be engaged in the memory of that That's person, true. but not yeah. dwell on in such a way that you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a fine line, but one that's rather says, how do I take this memory and fold it into the aspects of my life right. so that Cons- I... Consider yeah. the oatmeal. All right. Consider the oatmeal. Mom, you can look at this two ways. Mom used to make me oatmeal every morning, and now she won't make me oatmeal anymore. Poor me. I'll make you oatmeal. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, that was very just, sweet. just say or, the word. I'll make it for you. Or, <laughs> mom used to make me oatmeal. What a gift. Yeah. Day after day, she provided for me. She cared for me. She loved me. What a gift she right. has been to me. And now what whenever... I, she yeah. remains. And whenever I have oatmeal, I'll remember... How wonderful my mother was. How I was cared for, and how yeah. this is like her caring for me even now. Yeah, that I know to to do this for myself, and maybe someday I'll do this for someone else. So some of the theology with death and dying that I always when I when I do services that I try to remind people of as Christians, 
That um, this is their last chance to get right with Jesus. Yeah, get right with Jesus. No, I don't. Or be, or I, you know, I, I, boy, I need fire. to go back to, I need to find everyone I've done services for, because I have not emphasized that either you get right with Jesus or you enjoy the pits of hell. Are you telling me there's no altar call at a funeral at First Baptist Church in East Greenwich? There's a reminder of what faith can do. That's what I... <laughs> Okay. There's no altar call. <laughs> if you don't know what an altar call is, folks, that's bec- that it's just because it's not your experience. But it's when you you are called yeah. to the front of the church to make a profession of Jesus as your Lord of Savior and to be saved and born again. Basically. There's a there are appropriate times for that. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, Give your heart to Jesus. Yeah, no, we're not saying not to. Just I don't feel like, and this is personal. I know other pastors will disagree with us, but I don't think a funeral is an appropriate time for that. I think that's too manipulative. And again, I think those pastors have probably left us long, long ago. What? But, but really? You were just here. Yeah, wait. No, come back. Come they, back. They were just here a second ago. I, well, they were here for the Conical Canonicals, and I yes, thought they, they were well, just... Everybody loves the Conical Canonicals. They have a big fundamentalist following. They do. So one of the, some of the things I, I remind people of the assurance we find from our faith, and one is that death is not the end. And I think it's Indeed. important for us to remind, to remember that, that part of the power of the cross um, is not just the, the salvation and mercy we find, but that there is life beyond death. Mm-hmm. And, and what that, does it look like? I have no idea. I've never been there. What, wait, we mean, what about the five people I'm going to meet in heaven, Jonathan? Boy, I hope they're the right five, and I hope I can change them out every now and again, because, you know, you want to... I guess you didn't read the five people you know. Uh, no, I no, I others. read his other book. I read the Tuesdays. Tuesdays with Maury. With yeah, Maury. far more edifying. Well, yeah, the, that was well beautiful. the five people you meet in heaven, it's, we have to yeah. honor we have to honor those sources that do speak about death from a yeah. quote Christian perspective, even though they're as individual as a snowflake right. uh, on the plane. Um oops, sorry, trigger word. Um <laughs> yeah, individual always makes me cringe. I me too. Yeah. Uh, the shack. Um, mm-hmm. the five people you meet in heaven, these, these ideas that there is some sort of, um, uh, yeah, I would, I, I would idealized just, yeah. prepar- actually, this is a whole separate episode. Yeah. They're, they're kind of pseudo artistic musings without a deep theological, um, underpinning. To me, it's like stepping inside a Thomas Kincaid painting to find solace. Yeah. I, I think we know what that means. You can look it up. I think we've been as nice as we can about them. Right, time time to stop yeah. saying anything because we're yeah. not going to be saying something nice. So, but the idea that death is is not the end, especially I mean, especially let's say that you have a relative that died of COVID, mm-hmm. uh, and what a you know you're having a hard time breathing, you're you've you know you're losing your life. That that's horrible. But we know other people who have been struggling with the last decade or two decades or all their life to say now they're fully living with God, um, and all of those challenges, all that pain is gone. That's that's liberating for for many people. Yeah, I, one of the things that we invoke in in a funeral service often in the Christian tradition is now now he or she is free from all suffering and mm. all pain, yeah. released from all of that. And I know the obliteration of personhood seems like a greater injustice, but maybe that's because you've never experienced that level of pain. Yeah. So yeah, that. Thank you. Just a thought. So that then remind people that um, if that if death is not the end, then through our faith we're assured that we will be with our loved one again, mm. which can give us some hope. It can. So that could, unless there's unresolved tension, and then you better figure it out before you get there. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, here's here's yeah. the thing. We're we're now in the territory of speaking about death, where we're talking about the great unreported territory, right? Where where no one comes back to tell us, "Up, oh, you were right. It was just right. like that." Oh yes, well the gates weren't exactly pearly, but maybe purloid. You know, you do, nobody is going to give us that yeah. intel. So we are casting into the void like everybody does. Yeah, all I know is that we do have this assurance through Christ. It's an assurance of faith that there's life beyond death with God. Whatever mm-hmm. that's going to look like, I don't know. And that's that right. We will be together again. Even Thomas Kincaid hasn't created a painting made into a puzzle yeah. to show us what it looks like when Jesus walks out to take our hand. Which We don't know. We don't know. And by the way, the gates, they're actually taupe. Oh, they're taupe. Okay. They're taupe. Yeah. See. See. Thank you for that. Yeah, mystery solved. Uh, <laughs> but then also, I think the, one of the, the other thing that I think really matters in the here and now, for those of us who are grieving, that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Very and, true. And, and that isolation of grief can just be paralyzing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, your f- community's with you, your church, your family. But for, for me, most importantly, God's with you. That's right. You know, and yeah. that, that assurance is there as well. That's right. Yeah, God, God does not pr- give us a sense that life through the prophets or Jesus' teaching doesn't give us a sense that God's presence is going to make every little thing all right. Yeah. It's not, not what it was ever about. We are each of us going to come to our terminal end and face our own death in our own way. And for me, that assurance, that, that absolute assurance of God's presence has been very important mm. th- throughout my life. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying when the moment comes that I will not cry out in pain right. or in frustration or anger, um, but I, I will look back on a life where I considered at various times, what is the quality of my life? Mm-hmm. Why does it look this way? Mm-hmm. And what do I need to do to change it if I do? Because as I've told many people over the years, my prescription for a good death is nothing more challenging than a good life. That's great. That's what it's about. If yeah. you can live a life where you spend an appreciable portion of your life giving to others rather than being so darn concerned about being right or fed or happy, mm. if you can spend some portion of your life, it, it's, a, it's a cliche, but leaving the world in a better state than you found it. And yeah. that is endlessly applicable across your relationships. Mm-hmm. I think when we come to the end, we can have uh, an expectation of hearing some version of, well done, good and gentle servant. Yeah. Nice. Well, welcome home to your rest. So we need to move to prayers. But before we do that, can I just um, just speak a little bit to the time that we're in now? Please and, do. And, you know, I, I'm sure all of us, it's just the challenge of a community that has lost people and we have and not able to gather and have our memorial services and um, be able to, you know, have hundreds of people saying, sharing the accolades and being there for the family. Because mm-hmm. uh, I imagine, you know, you know, I know my community's struggled with that. I imagine there's been aspects of your own congregation that struggles with that and other people mm-hmm. listening. I, I want to encourage people if if you uh if it hasn't you know reach out to the family don't wait and just say yeah and say here's how your loved one was meaningful to me 
that includes pleas for for non pillars of the church deaths. Yeah. So this is this is also like people who have lost someone mm-hmm. who's not even a part of the church. Yeah, yeah. But the individual that you're that you're speaking to is part of the church. Um, somebody loses a mother who lives far away, or a cousin, or whatever. It's really important to communicate to them the value of their experience right now. Yeah. Because in the United States at the moment, death is a political football. Yeah. It's a, it's a statistical soup. It's a it's so divorced from this intentional walking with God experience that we're trying to describe that it it, it really has. It's not that death has lost its sting; it's that it's lost its point. Yeah. On a level which is, for me is more mm. terrifying than anything. Oh, well said, Charlie. So, and, and this is one of those few times, usually you call someone and you say, how are you doing? And they say, fine. He mm-hmm. said, but how are you doing? And, you, and then you listen. Yeah. This time yeah. instead, I, I would yeah. say, start with saying, hey, do you have a couple minutes? I just want to share how your, you know, who your father or mother was to me. Mm. And then listen. What a gift. Yeah. That's an incredible gift. Yeah, and if they say not now or I'm not in a good place, then don't take it personally. It's okay. But if the, probably they'll say, oh, yeah, that'd be really nice. And then after you share, then just listen because they may say, well, that was very nice. Thank you. And they may say, that was really nice. It's been really hard. Hmm. And now you, you've, you've, you're there with them now. Now you're offering compassion. And, and that's um, right. That's, and that's beautiful. And, and the next word in that conversation, if you're afraid of it, could be how. Yeah, how is you, it hard? You could just ask how. And then just sit in the silence yeah. and wait and see what comes out. If all you get is, I can't really talk about it right now, then then I guess we could say, without okay. being too glib, mission accomplished. That's, that's well, what you're there for. Yeah. To receive that limit. And, and truly, you know, <laughs> we approach this topic of death. This is obviously not an, a conclusive treatise or anything, but we're, <laughs> yeah. we're trying to give you um, coping strategies and, and ways of approaching this moment that that makes sense for right now because so many more people than than was typical in the mm. past are are involved in yeah. the idea of death at the moment. Um, I'd like to see that change in a big way. So please continue to uh, be aware of science mm. and its its recommendations. Um, I I don't know. I'm hearing various statistics about how much worse this flu season is than a typical flu season. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know what to do with all that in the in the light of the statistics, and I don't care where you are on the political side. Right. You probably know someone who has lost someone, and yeah. that's different from the normal course of events. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And if you agree. don't, then I guess you're blessed to be in a precious bubble that most of us are not in. Maybe you're a hermit. Maybe. That happens. Yeah. If you're a hermit, please write in. Let us know to twelve enough at gmail dot com. Yeah. If you can bear it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a one word <laughs> email. Hermit. Here. Here. Hermit. Yeah. Here. <laughs> well, with, uh, since we've mentioned hermits, maybe it's a good time to move towards prayer. Yes. Why not? I, uh, I found some prayers. These are, I don't know who wrote these, and I I'm feel badly about that, but they're from a collection of Jewish prayers for uh, uh, service and, and grief. Um, Is it We Remember Them or something else? Uh, no. Yeah. It's not the Kadesh. Oh. Um, you know, so it, it, but I was thinking of the Sylvan Caymans, uh, we remember them poem. Oh, um, no, no, I didn't find that one. I'll share it with you okay. if you ever want to use it. But, uh, yeah, these are they're, they're two different prayers, but I think they really they connect well. So I'll end with just it's a collection of Jewish prayers. That's what Lovely. we'll we'll have. Okay, let's let's pray. 
God, we are thankful for the blessings of each day, for the sunshine, for relationships that we have, for the opportunities to to live and to breathe and to enjoy the fullness of life. We recognize that this has been a time for so many people and many listening uh, here, a time of grief and hurt and loss. We ask that you be with us as we carry our loss and grief. We ask that you continue to help us through that and help us to be there for others who are struggling. Be with uh, this nation and the world as so many die every day, but we are really aware of how they're dying from this pandemic. Help us to be aware of each loss being something that is sacred and each life being something that is valuable. We lift all these up in your precious name. God, hold any who are currently grieving close to your heart, please. Lord, we uh, ask that we might live lives worthy of having great deaths, great experiences of connection to you and to those we love. Uh, Bless us as we continue to seek life in the midst of death and to recognize that it is all a part of our experience with you. And from a collection of Jewish prayers. In the rising of the sun and in its going down, we remember them. From the moment I wake till I fall asleep, all that I do is remember them. In the blowing of the wind and the chill of the winter, we remember them. On the frigid days of winter and in the moments I breathe the cold air, I warm myself with their embrace and remember them. In the opening of buds and the rebirth of spring, we remember them. As the days grow longer and the outside becomes warmer, I am more awake and I remember them. Those who are worn out and crushed by this morning, let your hearts consider this. This is the path that has existed from the time of creation and will exist forever. Many have drunk from it and many will yet drink. As was the first meal, so shall be the last. May the Master comfort you. Blessed are those who comfort the mourners. Amen. Amen. So that was the remember, the, the one you it's were... Different. Oh, okay. It's different. It's it's a version like the one that I'm familiar with. Okay. But the, the one, there's probably a lot of instances in Jewish culture to say we remember them. Yeah. Because it's so foundational to the experience. But yeah, it's it was a, a flavor of that poem. But who knows which came first? I don't know. That's the problem with the internet. I just got, here's a collection of prayers, and, and I couldn't find a source for it. And I, That's I right. feel badly about that because I'd like to be able to cite my sources. but At, Including their, their years of life and death. So I know. So I, this I appreciate one, that. I know that's challenging for you, John. Thank you for sharing it. Anyway. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, folks, I, uh, we know this was a, ended on a bit of a downer, but you know, sometimes we need to be in that place. <laughs> this has been a hard time for many people and continues to be, so let's be aware of that. We respect and honor your hard times because we've felt them as well. It's, yeah. it's kind of where we're at. And I know certain phrases like like the new normal and other things are really bothering people right now because they think we're going to come through to something different eventually. Right. And I pray that we will. Mm. But we're, we're in it with you. Yeah. All right. Be well, everyone. Indeed. Bye. Bye.